This is an Alexandrian Media original podcast. Really, unqualified lessons in history and pop culture. I'm your host, Stephen Trigar. And I'm your spooky host, Brian Edwards. Mm, very spooky. Why so spooky? Because today's topic is kind of spooky. <laughs> it's not so much spooky, it's more like eerie and creepy, but I thought it'd be fun for our 10th episode. Can you believe 10 episodes? 10 episodes. So today's episode is something I've been wanting to do. From the beginning, the very first topic I thought of that would be perfect for this show is the SCP Foundation. What? Is that a what? Because you're like, what? Or like, what is it? Kind of both at the same time. Well, the SCP Foundation, for those that have never heard of it, which I imagine would be most, this is kind of my first like niche topic that I was able to think of. It's just, it's something that a lot of people know about, but a lot of people don't know about. And the people that don't know probably are going to get real confused. And that's why I love it. Yeah. So the SCP foundation, for those that don't know, is a fictional secret international government organization. And fictional fictional emphasis on the fictional emphasis on this fictional. It's really an interesting concept because it's a community driven crowd sourced like project that hundreds, if not thousands of creators on the internet have become a part of it. And it's establishing, it's established itself early on as this like somewhat legitimate sounding. It's like X files esque, like investigative, containment government that like is the the one behind looking at all this ooky spooky things that go bump in the night kind of thing right um uh and i'll dive more into all of it but i wanted to kind of bring back bring about the origin of the scp foundation from its like non-universe origins as in like what prompted this whole uh creative project as a whole and it started all the way back on 4chan. 4chan? Do you know, know 4chan? No idea, no. You probably didn't have internet yet because you lived under a rock for most of your, your life. Um, but 4chan was very similar to Reddit, but was much more messy and much, like, trashier. <laughs> uh, that's as much as I remember it from growing up. It's basically where a lot of the memes lived before they had, like, true social media. Mm. Um, but the first instance of the scp foundation idea was posted by an anonymous user uh in 2007 on a paranormal forum on 4chan where they had this story titled scp 1-173 and that's the name of one of the scps i'll get into a little bit later but it started out as a standalone short story and 
it became such a viral hit from 4chan that it spawned more people writing stories in similar ways that Mm. created a style that all of the SCP Foundation entries would follow suit with. Mm -hmm. Um, And in January of 2008, the Wikipedia site, which started on a hosting service called Edit This, started to display the SCP articles, which was kind of where it established itself as the what it kind of became today where and actually and actually uh J- july of 2008 it shifted from the wiki the uh, space that it had into its current wiki space um which you can get find at scp.wiki.com uh for anyone that's interested while going through this episode but early on the members didn't have a central place to talk so they would message each other on the same forum that created this organization and it just sort of blossomed into this weird internet project that a bunch of people who probably have never met or at this point probably have because it's become such a phenomena that it blew up into such a overwhelming amount of popularity that there's now thousands of articles that spawned uh fan-made video games novel series all kinds of things so it's it's quite an, an endeavor from the internet to create something so established while also remaining very independent from like there's no one that runs it there's no one person it, yeah it's got a team of moderators but that's about it is there a reason why it's wiki and not any like personal site uh, I probably just because it's free, if I'm being honest. It's a Creative Commons licensed uh, organization and quote unquote organization. So they're not making money off of anything that goes on in this thing. Everything that they do is for the love of it. It's all a yeah. passion project, which is, I think, what I, I, I love about it, why I'm drawn so much to it, is that there's nothing involved in it that is giving the, any of the creators anything other than satisfaction of creating work. Yeah, which is something that isn't really inherent, especially on the internet. You don't get a lot of those kinds of endeavors. Like we're doing this passion project we have of our podcast, but it's also two of us that are just talking to each other. Yeah, something that we do on our normal day to day anyway. Um, and so this this whole community of of creators have created like full blown writing guides and and uh basically like creative sessions and and discussions and pages of feedback and critiquing that goes into every one of the entries that's submitted for this site that is so well cared for and taken like into consideration that there's it's not as easy as you might think to get get an article published on this this uh particular project that they take their their uh, quality very seriously Mm. so the moderators that are in charge of reviewing all the entries they have a whole page of like don't just submit crap for the sake of crap it's not going to get submitted so they take their their uh their craft very seriously which is another unique thing that you don't tend to get is not only is it a passion project and people are dedicated but also the quality is there right so it's it's become a weird like niche corner of the internet where 
creative people can can create this odd universe that is independent from anything else in existence and is really pushing the boundaries of like what kind of fiction can be done because it's again very unusual writing styles very um odd it's weird fiction it's a lot of weird fiction which i'm a huge fan of anyone that that knows me i'm i love anything weird and meta and self-referential right and something that seems so realistic when it's so obviously not but you can't shake a little bit of that naivete that we all have or you kind of want it to be real because it's cooler that way right um and so that's kind of where the 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 scp foundation lives and how how it's become what it's become in its root but i also don't want to talk just about the like the concept of the scp foundation i want to talk about the scp foundation <laughs> do you know Let's any deep do you know much beyond what i've told you i know ACP? enough from what i have watched you play and of what you listen to you talk about but i really haven't gone and done anything on my own do you know really? what scp stands for uh i think but i'll let you tell me so the scp scp stands for secure contain and protect and those are basically the three goals of this foundation. Right. Um, like I said, it's a fictional secret international government organization, which within the fiction, I'm going to stop talking as if it's not in fiction because I think it's pretty obvious that's in fiction, but it's entrusted by governments around the globe to contain and study anomalous individuals, entities, locations, objects, and phenomena operating outside the bounds of natural law. And all of those instances, they're uh, referred to as SCP objects or in the community, just SCPs or skips. Mm. SCP, just skip. 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 Um, and if left contained, these objects would pose a direct threat to human life and humanity's perception of reality and normalcy. Which is basically, like, if you think about the X-Files, I, I was trying to explain this to my mom the other night and she was quick to say x-files it's very much like it's the the we it's like weird not necessarily like ghosts and supernatural like in the way of like werewolves and witches it's more of like a glitch in the matrix style of like right what's wrong with something it's not it's 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 hard to explain it to not like not without having like pre-designated terms of things like werewolves and vampires and stuff like that i know we just did an episode recently on buffy it's basically like what if it wasn't magic but it was just like the reality has fucked like yeah. something in reality has has just gone a little bit askew yeah what if there's a byproduct of some kind of weird experiment and now all of a sudden we have this thing that lives out in the world but it's even sometimes like independent it's sometimes there's no signs done at all it's just like whatever generates the reality around us just took us took a bit of a lax moment yeah and something happened completely outside of anyone's doing anything you know that's that's what's so interesting about the ideas of these scps is there's no real explanation for why there's just explanations of what so there's no real answer for anything with the scp foundation it's just you get answers in the form of 
you know what is happening versus why it happened. Yeah. It's just kind of that curiosity that drives us that says kind of like, well, why did this thing happen? You never get that. So it almost piques your interest from that. And then it's like you, you need to scratch that itch of curiosity. So you just keep diving deeper and deeper. I mean, that's what happened with me at least. Right. Um, the articles that, that desc- describe these SCPs aren't written in a form of fiction that is is our normal idea of what fiction is. Yeah, it's not novelized. It's not in uh, prose. It's no, kind of... it's written like you'd read like a, a debrief from a, from a, a military mission. Right. And so part of that exact thought is they're also someone that intentionally within their fiction will redact information in their own entries, mm. which aids into that same little driving curiosity of like, why did they redact this? Like, why is yeah. their information intentionally left out? Because yeah. it adds to like this, this like, Ooh, it's, this goes deeper. Top secret. Yeah. It adds into that classified size of, uh, and they even have like a lot of references, even on their website of like, like, they make a point to say, like, if you're not supposed to be here, like, you'll, you know, be taken care of by this, you know, like, mimetic uh, activation code that, like, they make, like, inside jokes on their website of, like, like you, if you're not supposed to be here, you'll know by the fact that you'll be dead in this, uh, by the reading the end of this article. And then it'll, like, show something really weird and you're supposed to be, like, oh, I didn't die, so I guess I'm supposed to be here. Like, yeah. It's a weird level of 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 in meta creation that I that I'm a huge fan of, um, and so another thing that makes this this uh, the fiction interesting is there's no real central canon to anything with the SCP Foundation. There's the universe. It's more of a universe than anything. It's a it's a world build built right. by people as opposed to a story built by people. So with that, a lot of what people write on and create these SCPs around is solely based on individual authors' ideas of what could actually be a part of this foundation. Right. But there are some items that people create that they will then tie to other SCPs in a way that creates the the, the tied together fiction make more sense. Right. But again, you can read entries of all different of these scps that there are now thousands of and none of them can have anything to do with each other but they all feel rooted in the same universe right so that's another thing that allows a lot of creativity with these creative um entries with these authors that write these these entries is that you don't have to go in thinking that you have to make it make sense to something else that's already been created you can make your own individual piece but you also have to also understand the universe while you're writing. Yeah. You can't be an author who's coming in and decides that they want to be writing the next Harry Potter novel. Kind of like that. Kind of. Or like the way that some, like, when you have TV shows that get a following, will then do like a book series. Right. Or like anytime they've done like Star Wars books or like Doctor Who books where they are written by people not associated with the, the official centralized canon but they're in the universe and they have stories that go along with within the universe that makes it like it's like watching 
like going back to Star Wars, watching the, the the movies and then watching like the Mandalorian and seeing that they exist in the same universe, but they're not linked at all. Yeah, no. really. I mean, there's there's there are some links, but like overall, the link is not as strong as if they had, you know direct correlation to what happened in the movies right and that's why we have moderators and that's why you have moderators um but within the the entries on the scp foundation there are actual um subsets of entries that they call the foundation tales which are counter to what i've said so far actual fictional stories written Mm. in the fictional way that we do know but they're written often like short stories with characters that may have been established in other people's entries within like a, a st- telling stories within the the workings of the foundation. Right. So if you do, are you someone, if, if you are someone who likes that kind of fiction and thinks that trying to read a bunch of scientific report style readings would be not your style, there is a way for you to enjoy the SCP foundation without having to subject yourself to some of the, drier side of fiction that they've yeah. produced they also have a lot of interesting stories and a lot of those stories in particular have canonical stories so they have like hubs set up for some of their like stories that have created a series out of and you can go and start reading on certain just one set series of stories or you can go in and watch read just a bunch of people's short stories that have to do with the scp foundation right um uh, and part of what I think is interesting, too, that they thought so far deep enough to think of is within every SCP uh, report, there's also a classification for that SCP, which adds to the level of, like, officialness, it feels like. Yeah. So there are there are seven different designations that can be given to an SCP within its within the confines of what it is, and those are all ranked on basically of how like dangerous they are. It sounds like a lot. It is in a way that I that I think is interesting. So there's, I'm gonna read off like the the names of the different ones, and I'll just read a f- couple of the more interesting ones. So obviously, there's the first one is safe because right. if safe is safe, then safe is safe. Um, you have Euclid, Keter, Thamiel. Neutralized, which is just easy way of saying that they destroyed or it's no longer mm. as acting any certain way. It did. Basically, like it's an inert or destroyed. Yeah. Um, Apollyon and Archeon. Um, Euclid is, is the, the second level of um, SCPs, and it's one of the more common that you'll see, but it's basically where the... Containment is, uh, well, I guess I could just, let me just, let me just read. So, the Euclid class SCPs are anomalies that require more resor- more resources to contain completely or where containment isn't always reliable. Usually this is because the SCP is insufficiently understood or inherently unpredictable. Euclid is the object class with the greatest scope and is usually the, a safe bet that an SCP will be this class if it doesn't easily fall into any of the other standard object classes. As a note... Any SCP that's autonomous, sentient, and or sapient is generally classified as Euclid due to the inherent unpredictability of an object that can act or think on its own. One of the more interesting ones is the Apollyon class, or basically like apocalyptic. 
Yeah. Um, a polygon class SCPs are anomalies that cannot be contained, are expected to breach containment Im- uh, imminently, or some other similar scenario. Such anomalies are usually associated with world-ending threats or a K-class scenario of some kind and require a massive effort from the Foundation to deal with. Um, so those are like kind of three different of the like safe being safe, neutralized and being neutralized, and, and um, all the others, Archeon and um, Thamiel are, and Keter, are just different degrees of, of dangerousness. Yeah. And, and 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 some of them, like like Thamiel, the Thamiel class is are is kind of an, a, a a little bit of an unusual one because it's designated for SCPs that are used to contain other SCPs. Mm. So there's some like like some have been created to directly connect or like in some way suppress others in the way that they can like react to certain objects and then react to other things yeah um and again i i encourage everyone to go check out this stuff it's very interesting and i have uh i do want to talk about some of the specific scps that are worth mentioning and some of the um and i have one example of of foundation of foundation tale series that i think is really funny okay Um, but i think it's a perfect time for us to take a bit of a break for some ads we'll be right back let's go get that done Ready for some more knowledge? Yes. You ready for some SCPs I want to talk about? Yes, because I really, really, really love this type, this type of storytelling. So I really want to learn some more about them. So I just have a few SCPs, and by a few I mean quite a few. Um, they're just they're interesting enough where I don't think it's going to be boring content to listen to. So stick tuned, stay tuned for some fun, uh, and that fun <laughs> is going to happen right now. Um, but so there are a handful of SCPs. I just want to give kind of a the the name, the number, uh, and kind of the, the description of what it is. And maybe we can even like if you find anything that that really stick out to you, you can comment on them. <laughs> Do any of them have a real name besides just a number? Um, they have nicknames. Some uh, of them. Some of them have nicknames, but because I don't, I none of them that I know have any nicknames. I just. I think I remember SCP-802 or something like that, but... I'm curious now what SCP-802 is. Ah, SCP-802 appears to be a World War II-era Renault Char B-1 medium battle tank. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was 820. I can't remember which one. It was like the weird creature that walks around and... The weird creature that walks around um... is basically... Like eighty five percent of SCPs. It, it was like a. F- it was a SCP zero nine six. I know zero uh, SCP zero nine six is nicknamed the shy guy. He's a Euclid class, and his whole deal is he's a tall, pale humanoid creature who has very little uh, muscle mass and has very long arms and like really long like fingers that are almost claw like 
That might be it. And his whole thing is he doesn't he's very docile until you look at its face. And if you look at its face, even if it's in a photograph or a video, he suddenly will become unimaginably irritated and flustered and will basically, after a few minutes of, of, of freaking out, will uh, run very fast at the person who looked at its face and will uh, just completely destroy them. <laughs> And so, from what I've read, is there's no amount of space or a material between him and the person who looked at the picture that would prevent it from getting what it wants, which is the destruction of whoever saw its face. Anyway, in fact, uh, there's a a uh, one of the in- entries is a log between. There's a uh, an uh, incident that happened where a a D class, which the D class are classifications of the people at work, the classes and in, in terms of the letters are, are indications of the people at work at the foundation, and D class uh, individuals are expendable people. Usually, they're like uh, prisoners from like real life prison related scenarios where they're unredeemable usually on death's door or, or death penalty door and they are used in experiments in, in situations like this and in one situation with with scp 096 they had him in a bathosphere at the bottom of like one of these deep trenches outside of new zealand and they had him open up a sealed container with a picture of 096 and they opened the container, looked at the picture, and immediately within minutes, SCP-096 broke out of its containment set, like facility. And a short while later, found the guy in the bathysphere at the bottom of this trench and destroyed him. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, they don't say how far away, but they say that it was like, the, implica- the implication is they were like, thousands of kilometers away mm. and he's still within matter of moments was able to and that's the thing is like they specifically don't mention how fast this guy can actually go and it only affects people that take it that actually look at a f- picture of its face otherwise it doesn't do anything it just sort mm. of sits around doing nothing which is just, just like again part of the creepy nature of it um but there's scp 055 which is something something that causes anyone who examines it to forget its various characteristics, thus making it indescribable except in terms of what it is not. <laughs> Which is an interesting. Again, not all of them are creepy. Some of them are just weird. Um, there's SCP-087, which is a staircase that appears to descend forever. The staircase is inhabited by... Uh, and th- in this case, there are some sub... SCPs that are related to other SCPs. So this staircase is inhabited by SCP-087-1, uh, which is described as a face without a mouth, pupils, or nostrils. The sound of a child crying is also omnipresent, but the source is unknown. Descending the stairs has no effect on the cry's volume, despite, d- despite them seemingly originating from the quote-unquote bottom of the stairwell. Which never ends. Which never ends, which is kind of, again, creepy. 
There's SCP-108, which is a Nazi bunker system that is only accessible through the portal found in a woman's nose. <laughs> um, there's SCP-294, which is a coffee machine that can dispense anything that does or can exist in liquid form. Okay. <laughs> and again, that can go into the gross and absurd very fast. When you think of things that can exist in liquid form, not just does, yeah, but can. But can. Um, SCP-426 is a toaster that can only be referred to in the first person. What? <laughs> how, how would you do that? You basically, instead of it being like, like you say, I am this toaster, <laughs> when, you res- when you refer to it, it's, it's again, it some, plays into the mental trickery some of these have. Um, SCP-1171 is a home whose windows are always covered in condensation, and by writing in the condensation on the glass, it is possible to communicate with an extra-dimensional entity whose windows are likewise covered in condensation. And this entity bears significant hostility towards humans, but does not know that the Foundation members are human. There is um, SCP-1609 is a mulch (laughs) that teleports into the lungs of anyone who approaches it in an aggressive fashion or while wearing certain uniforms because it was previously a peaceful chair that would teleport it to whichever person nearby felt the need to sit down but then it entered its aggressive state after being inserted into a wood chepper by a rival organization oh my God. <laughs> um and then this is one of just one of my favorites just because it's weirdly like way too realistic of 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 a weird scenario. Um, SCP-3008 is an Ikea retail store that has an infinite interior space with no outer physical bounds, causing prospective customers to be trapped after they become lost within the pocket dimensional world. It contains a rudimentary civilization formed by those customers who are forced to defend themselves against humanoids designated as SCP-3008-2, which resemble Ikea employees and become aggressive at night. I have heard of this one. It's just, it's such an absurd <laughs> idea. But what is SCP-3008-1? I think that's what they refer to as the people trapped. Oh. Usually, when, like, in the in the situation of SCP-096, uh, the person that looks at the photography, or the, the picture, or image, or the actual face of SCP-096 becomes scp-096-1 so they designate usually like if someone is becomes like part of that incident they are designated whoever that person could be or is in the moment is designated as that designation yeah because then they become part of the anomaly yeah exactly and then um i have this fun example of one of the foundation tales this is going to be complete departure of the tone of what the rest of this has been. Um, but there's a whole series, and I read it yesterday at work. Cause, why not? Because why not? Um, and there's there's only a few stories. They're not super long. But the series is called uh, Ship in a Bottle. And one of the things I loved about it is it was very queer. So mm. I love that. Um, <laughs> but it's a tale about a high-level director at the foundation named Benjamin Kondraki. And it's all about his his uh, issue with 
where he got his dick stuck in a water bottle. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like that would be a lot of a rich fiction vein for things, but there you'd be surprised. It's a whole story about this. Well, it starts out with him doing it and not really just saying he does it because he just felt like he needed to do it. And his his boyfriend at the time is like documenting and from his per- point of view, like it's very fun and funny and very like casually written. So it's one of the more like approachable f- fictional stories mm-hmm. on this website. Um, but it, it turns into this whole scenario where his boyfriend, whose name is uh, Alto Cl- uh, Alto Clef, <laughs> Alto Clef, Alto Clef, <laughs> Alto Clef. That's um, yeah, I know. He, in order to help out uh, Benjamin, is conv- like in order to get him to where he needs to get to get this removed from his penis. He also sticks his dick in a water bottle, <laughs> to which he then leaves their apartment while it's a fire is happening in another apartment. I know it's happens. The random shit happens, and his solution was just that maybe if they make things that weird. That two people have water bottles stuck on their dicks. No one would be that surprised and maybe think it's like a fever dream. But then it spirals into the foundation having to make a, a, a basically have a presentation on how to appropriately use water bottles okay. <laughs> within the organization. And then because of that presentation where they had to like get the the higher ups involved for some reason... A bunch of other people decide to stick water bottles on their penis because they're like, well, it was too stupid to not try. We were curious. So they start doing it, which like led to a bunch of people from the medical staff asking for transfers from the particular staff that was responsible for getting a bunch of water bottles off of other men's penises. Wow. It's just it's one of those things that like it's very obviously written from many people's point of view because there's like none of the authors are the same for any of the stories right but they're very faithful to the story that came before so like everything is just someone else's interpretation of what happened next um and it's just if it it's again weird but entertaining yeah (laughs) and very amusing and it made me chuckle quite a bit at work yesterday and i had to (laughs) i had to refrain from telling my boss why i was laughing so much at my desk because I don't think it would have been appropriate to talk about water bottles stuck on penises at work. Yep. So, again, there are lots of other stories. That's more of a lighthearted one. There's other stories on the website that are less lighthearted, more intense, and more about the end of the world and other things. But, again, I encourage anyone to go check them out, scp wiki dot com or even just scb foundation you can just google just google it let's google it but the popularity of the scb foundation is actually in the more recent history i don't know exactly when it came out but it spawned a sister website to the scp foundation called the wanderers library which it uses the same setting and universe as the scb foundation but is made up of fantastical stories rather than scientific reports that sounds more up my alley. Yeah, and it's definitely geared that way. Like a lot of the, if you look at the website for the SCP Foundation, it looks very bleak and barren because it's trying to be bleak and barren, bleak and barren. But the Wanderers Library website is very like 
it looks like an old like Tolkien like aesthetic. Um, and the ICP Foundation is also maintains a role playing community, a forum on Reddit, a deviant art group, two Tumblr blogs, a Facebook account uh, page, and a Twitter account. Mm. All all in the same like vein of what the ICP is all about. And apart from the original English community, there are 14 other foreign language branches. Wow. So, yeah, quite international in its actual creation as well. Yeah, worldwide. Worldwide. And with the other inspirations and other adaptations, there's a, a quite a popular indie horror game called SCP Containment Breach, which I think I mentioned briefly. Mm-hmm. Um which was released by a Finnish developer named Junus Rakanen in 2012. And you play it in that game as a unnamed D-class employee of, of the foundation who attempts to escape from a containment facility after, like, shit goes wild. Yeah. Um, and in the game, you must avoid armed foundation guards and other escaped SCPs, including SCP... Uh, dash 173 which is one of the ones i did want to talk about earlier and i forgot so the perfect time to come back to it scp dash 173 is the scp that started it all right um and scp uh, one scp dash 173 is a humanoid statue composed of rebar concrete and krylon spray paint and it is stationary while directly observed but it attacks people and snaps their neck when the line of sight is broken it is extremely fast to the point where it can move multiple meters while the observer is blinking. So that sounds like Doctor oh, Who's... Yep. The Weeping Angels, Weeping Angels, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot creepier looking. There's actual... not. It's not... It's become the official de- uh, character design for it, but there's the original de- description doesn't have like what it actually is supposed to look like. But SCP-173 is like basically the poster child for the SCP monsters... Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it isn't quite off-putting. <laughs> Just because it's a little bit of like... I always thought it looked like uh, a big concrete baby with like weird... A really weird face. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just... It looks like what if you took a weird baby that looks like he just wants a hug. But that ba- baby also had what looks like four eyes, the smallest mouth, a crater for a nose... And just a huge like gash in the middle of its forehead, right? With what looks like blood. It's just very uh, uncomfortable looking. Yeah. And that design is actually based off of um, a post that someone put on the SCP Foundation website. But the actual image that 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 design is based off of is actually. Um, a, the a secondary use of the art piece called Untitled 2004, which was created by an artist named Izumi Kato. And actually, what is described as that SCP, SCP-173, is not actually what that is. Like in, in the context, that's what the, the best description could look like, but isn't actually what it's supposed to look like. But has, in all intents and purposes, turned into that just a... Things like the video game SCP Containment Breach, because when you have a video game and you need character models, yeah, <laughs> you need something. So that became that in that context. 
And it's quite of an interesting game too for for an indie release because it includes things like a blink function. So in the game, like while you're playing, you have like your character will just automatically blink every couple seconds like you'd normally do. So that adds to kind of the the creep factor when especially when you're coming across an, an SCP like 173 who can move like a weeping angel yeah don't blink yeah and that's the point is like normally a game would just be like well as long as i keep looking at it i can be safe but in this game even if you're looking at it your character will still have to blink eventually yeah and so that's part of the the survival horrorness of that game i would not play that game no you would you would you couldn't even start it you would not even be able to start that game no but i and i enjoy watching people play that game it's quite fun i've I've watched markiplier play through that game there's also been a a multiplayer game based off of containment breach called scp secret laboratory which players have the option of playing as an scp and escaping scientist a d-class or the armed militia of a defending scp foundation or the attacking chaos insurgency, which mm. is a thing inside the fiction of like trying to dismantle the foundation concept, right? Um, and then one of the last things that I wanted to talk about in terms of the inspiration, like inspired works, right, is a game that is another video game, one of my favorites, probably ever. It's become one of my favorites um, as at the time of recording. I actually just recently started a new playthrough of is a game called Control, mm-hmm. which is kind of what prompted me wanting to think of this as a topic as a whole. Um, it's a Control as a game by Remedy Entertainment and it was released in August of 2019. And it's a game that is heavily influenced by the SCP Foundation and not yeah. just by speculation. The creators have said in interviews that it's no co- no coincidence it's yeah. a direct inspiration and of course the game isn't like pulling directly from scp but it's it's concepts are very much inspired by it so right. instead of the scp foundation the game is centered around a fictional federal bureau of control which collects mundane objects that are imbued with paranormal influence that they study and keep secure which Right. Sounds a lot like what yeah. the SCP Foundation is. But there's like even in things in the game, um, they they name their um objects objects of power, um, as opposed to SCPs. They have they're big on acronyms just like the SCP Foundation. So in the game, in the context of the game, they have events that happen, like the the big overarching um Events in the world that they investigate are called altered world events, which they call AWEs. Yeah. Which, again, is similar to the way that SCPs are designated as such. A lot of the information you collect in the game is redacted intentionally in the way that the SCP reports are are written. Yeah. Um, and you'll find a lot of the, the, the fiction that, you, that you'll never find playing the game through just as is you find so much of the story and the universe and the stuff that they built as the supplemental material in those reports that you right. collect throughout the game, which yeah. is a hundred percent the way you collect the story of the SCP foundation. Right. So they were very, like, I remember I played through it and immediately I'm playing through the first time I played last year. And all I could think of is 
this feels like the SCP Foundation. I, I remember I, I remarked to you many times, like, this is like 100% the SCP Foundation. Before right. I even knew that they were connected that way, where they were in, influenced by the SCP Foundation, I could tell. Like, it's... Yeah. And it's awesome that, that the SCP Foundation got inspiration from, or gave the inspiration to a AAA video game like Control, which... Right. Still never got quite the audience it, it deserved, in my opinion, but it certainly got the accolades. So again, if you're someone who likes the SP Foundation or needs a new game to play and you have um, a PlayStation 4, I recommend playing Control because it's, be- it's just a great game. Beautiful, yeah. great design, great like environmental design, great gameplay design, smooth. It's, it, it's pretty smooth. You get a lot of fun. Uh, things it's very meta it's very clever in the way that a lot of stuff is designed there's there's the story is great it's one of my favorite games uh, especially within the last 10 years especially on the newer generations yeah um the last thing i wanted to brief briefly mention only because i feel like it's important to talk about i can't not talk about some of the things that are happening around certain issues especially when there's um less than desirable situations involving these topics but um they recently, the SCP Foundation, in, uh, within the last year, fell into some uh, licensing issues. Um, the SCP Foundation is under um, Creative Commons licensing in the U.S., yeah. which means that you are free to use and take from the SCP Foundation as long as you attribute it. And then that also in turn turns your items into creative commons, which is the right. whole point of it is that you can take from it, but it also means you have to then give from it. So right. in the U S creative commons is the license that is used for a lot of more modern before the copyrights have run out sort of thing where they can just say like, yeah, it's free use, but just, you know, honor and, and, you know, make sure you attribute the offers the authors to these pieces um but in russia there's a man who underneath russian law was able to trademark the seb foundation on his own and he's trying to been he's been trying to use it to tear down the seb foundation within russia and also is trying to shut down other instances of people like selling and using the art of the SCP Foundation, even outside of Russia, which is becoming an issue because something that I, I I read up on, and there are a couple, there's quite a few people that are are that have been chronicling this whole thing. But um, Markiplier is one one of the YouTubers who's been out there. He made a whole video about this last year. Um, Matt Pat at Game Theory has done a video about this, and I recommend that one because that one goes really in depth. So if this is anything interesting you want to learn about. Just go on YouTube, search uh, the horror that threatens SCP, and there's a game theory video that goes into depth, kind of talks about the the issue with the copyrights and trademarks and international trademark issues. It's quite interesting. It's quite of a deep dive into this, but it became an issue where this man in Russia found a loophole in a bunch of Russian uh, laws that allowed him to buy the trademarks, even though the trademark doesn't exist, really, because it's not under any one person's right. belt. And he's then trying to use it to, to shut down copyrighted material, which is where the issue then relies because 
with the way trademarks and copyrights work is you own a trademark to a brand, but you can't then shut down a copyright with a trademark. No, They're not the same. The copyright is for your creative material, your stuff you've written, you've drawn, you've created. Right. So this issue is, is becoming an international uh, issue where someone's trying to authoritate his use of a trademark that he doesn't even have the right to technically to basically throw like tear apart what should be considered a very innocent fictional creative endeavor right and copyright laws also are different between different countries so what somebody in russia is not able to cop do copyright things within america i mean i've had several things when writing my books where i can use a score from a french country but I can't use an American version right? because of copyright laws. And so even then, it's, it's weird. There's so many weird laws when it comes to, to these kind of legal proceedings, especially when countries like Russia and even China, which are two countries that as a whole we have as an issue internationally with uh, countries that don't seem to really care about intellectual property as much as other nations, especially internationally. Yeah. I mean, when you have China producing, like, all the bootleg iPhones and other, like, knockoff designer clothes and such that they pump out of there, they file all of their uh, copyrights and and trademarks under a file-first law, which is kind of terrible in theory, because it basically says that if you can file first then you get the copyright and the trademark. Yeah, even if you were even the- if you don't have any trade like like you have no uh ownership of that actual yeah. trademark or and, and that goes into an issue where if you don't think forward enough and you're starting a brand and you don't think to file your trademark under Russia's trademark laws and China's trademark laws and you come out and you become this big successful brand you might have already gotten your trademark or copyright lost in that, in country. that country because they filed first. Right. They could file first. So that's just... I it, mean, and it's not just those countries. I mean, yes, that those two countries are have the file first and that it causes problems. But there are countries, uh, and specifically referencing the video that you had mentioned before, in that video they also mentioned things like Burger King. Burger King's uh, name could not be used in Australia because yeah. there already was a Burger King. But that was also a pre-established Burger King before Burger King was right. Burger King. Right. But I'm saying here's here's copyright laws and trademark laws and all those yeah, creative kind of... The, the, the issue is more that the countries like Russia and China are the ones that will file first after a brand's been established versus like, but they're untouchable. I mean, you can't, you can't If you have a trademark in Russia, it doesn't mean that your trademark is gone in every other sense. It just means that you can't do anything in Russia. Right. But that can be an issue if you're someone trying to expand in Russia, not to mention that doesn't stop them from pumping out material that might have your brand on it and your, yeah. And that's the issue. Yeah. That's the, the, the real takeaway is that then they can, produce their own merchandise and make money off of it based off of your content yeah 
And that's what's happened with SCP is that this man is trying to shut down other creators within SCP's community and prevent them from selling merchandise because he owns this thing that is now supposedly trumping everything else. Yeah. Which I just thought it was worth mentioning because unfortunately when you have a situation like this where it's a community driven internet project that is supposed to be kind of a free for everyone, there's always going to have greedy people. Greedy people. If anything, that's a little bit of a PSA for anyone out there that's listening that might have ideas and and things on their own that they're trying to get started just mm-hmm. always be careful of your product and your 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 work and it can't hurt to be overprotective of it and no matter how much it costs no matter how much it costs and that's the thing the only way to to get those brands to get their their brand back in those countries is to buy them back oh which yeah is i mean you have and sometimes you even have to well, i mean i was referencing the fact that you have to buy your copyright and trademark you can't just copyright and trademark you have to oh yeah but i meant like apply in, with money to your governments but like in in the situations where if your if yours gets stolen overseas in a country that files first and the only way to get back that trademark from that country is to, to buy, buy it, back. it which can be a lot of extra money that you shouldn't have to buy your own work to get ownership out of it yeah but on that happy note there's a lot that I think is, is interesting about the ICP Foundation that anyone that got an entry in this episode that maybe didn't even know about the SCP Foundation before, I encourage you to check it out. There's so much content. There's over a decade's worth of content that, that you can go through, and it's very interesting. None of it will disappoint, I would I would think. Nothing has ever disappointed me. It's very interesting, and yeah, I encourage you all to go dive a little deeper into that rabbit hole yeah do it but on that note i would like to start our end of the show thank yous to first daryl banner for our wonderful theme music yes thank you thank you to all of our supporters your you guys for listening we really appreciate it we love you guys even if you don't love us i'm just kidding why wouldn't they though i know it's wonderful we're wonderful people <laughs> Um, if you love our show, you might also love uh, Stephen's other show, The Composer Chronicles. Yes. Only because he's half of this show, and so which means he's the only of that show. I, <laughs> so he, I am the only of that show. But he does have guests a lot, so I you do. might get more interesting conversations with, with different people, mm-hmm. as opposed to just us two all the time. Yeah. We also would ask that if you do love us as much as we love you which is not to say that you can't love us any less or more because we do love you no matter what but if you feel like supporting us uh, even just a little bit we do have a patreon set up at patreon.com slash really cultured and on there for one dollar you give us general support and for five dollars for now after this episode, for now. we have some stuff that we have planned. But for now, $5 gets you ad-free versions of every episode and discounts in the merch store. Which is cool. Yeah. Um. Again, we do this show for free. We don't ask for anything other than you guys to just listen in every week. But if you can support, and even if you can't spend the dollar, we get it. Times are tough. Things are still recovering from... 
COVID times. We're still not out of the woods yet. And right. we understand things are... So if you can't support us financially, we appreciate you guys sharing our show with anyone that you think might be interested. Rating and reviewing. Rating and reviewing. Yeah. Giving us a like on all the places that we're set up on. Following us on our social medias. We have our Twitter, at Really Cultured on Twitter. We have our at Really Cultured on Instagram. And Really Cultured on Facebook. And Really Cultured on Facebook. I mean, it is cultured, but not really. But if you want, if you are one of those people who does the ats, then you can do the at on at Really Cultured on Facebook as well. Yeah, just give us a like, give us a follow. That stuff helps us in the long run. It makes us look better. It gives us more audience. Gives us puts us out there more. Right. Um, but with that, I ask you, Stephen, and you, listener, are you feeling really cultured today? Yes. Me too. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye now. Alexandrian media, art and culture for the modern era.